Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, welcome to the IT Dojo podcast. I am David Ito, Chief Instructor of the IT Dojo Center of Los Angeles. I have a special guest today, Hebe Jesus Garcia Aragon, uh, President of Spain IT Kai. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for out. So you've been doing IT Dojo since 1978? Yes. I did. That's... That... So, I mean, and you studied in Japan. Yes. So, you studied with some of the great Aikidoists, the, the golden age, what it's called, the golden age of Aikido, right? Yeah, maybe we could call that. So, um, did you study Aikido before you went to Japan? Well, I first went to Japan before that, the year before, in 1977. And then I decided to study Japanese and study Aikido. So I, I first went to Japan before starting Aikido, and then came back to Spain, started learning the language, learning Aikido for a while, and then I went to Japan again. Well, what made you want to study Japanese culture and Aikido and Japanese? Well, it's something that uh, I felt with I mean, since I was a child. I I liked a lot, I mean, this uh, Chinese or Japanese culture, the images, I mean, you know, all these uh, Far East, you know, things. And uh, everything I, I could read or I know about that, it was something that interested me a lot since childhood. And when I was about, uh, I remember, 13, 14 years old, I, I thought of studying languages, studying Chinese, First, it was, I didn't know exactly how to differentiate the China and Japan, but Chinese or Japanese. And then uh, when I was 17, I met a couple. He was a son, she was a Japanese. And uh, I mean, it was my chance to, I mean, to know the, I mean, to get near the culture, near the language. And uh, he started learning the language. And, Bringing more and more, I mean, learning the customs. How much Japanese did you know before you moved to Japan? Well, enough to leave me because I was teaching languages there, so I have to present the languages in Japanese. So, well, I mean, it's not explaining language, but presenting language in, my, in the method I follow. So the meaning, I mean, I should know beforehand, you know. So... 
as well. I was studying for maybe three, four years before knowing. Oh, she should know quite a bit of jam ways. Spoken, that is not not uh, really writing. Mm. And then how how long did how long before, after you went to Japan did you start studying Aikido there? Uh, when I started in you say nineteen seventy eight, then I went to Japan in nineteen eighty two, and was there for three years or so to nineteen eighty five. And did you, did you exclusively study at Hombo Dojo? Mostly. 90%. Then I discovered that the Tagida Sensei had his dojo quite close to my house. How, how yes. close Yokohama? It was just the next station. <laughs> I know that. And it was really, and so I, I went there and became his student also and tried to go two to three times a week. Okay. And I went every day to Homo Dojo and this, two dojos, not more. Or you handle it. So you started with like uh, Yamaguchi Sensei, Seigo Yamaguchi. Yes. What was Seigo Yamaguchi like? Difficult to say. This was for me was a giant. Saying Aikido, it was so great, so impressive. But uh, I mean, this, I was uh, I'm saying uh, something that I couldn't understand, but there was a. I, I felt a great attraction of his uh, way of uh, doing Aikido, the atmosphere of the Keiko. You know, it was really interesting and really attracting, you know. So, little by little, I, I went every, I mean, every week I went to his classes, to his Keiko. And uh, what for me was the I meaning, the highest sensei self. Did you ever kick a zucchini? Well, a few times. <laughs> yes. What well, was that like? Well, it was, uh, I don't explain exactly what, because I, I couldn't understand what happened. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it was like lightning. Because when you went to attack him and you were on the tummy, it was really fast and really, uh, like, you know, it's like a lightning. So, so strong, so. But at the same time, they felt like great power, but very, very soft. Yeah, it's just, the movement, it seems as if it's slow. When you watch it, yeah, you know, yeah. it doesn't seem like, it, you know, it'd be like lighting molasses. You know, yeah, you know, it's, it's like so slow but fast, but it doesn't seem fast. It, it doesn't seem, but what do you feel? It means what you see. You were down and you were unbalanced and you were just really something. This is what I felt in I would say it was my first uh, contact. How, how many times a week did you take his class? At least one. Maybe twice or three times if I could. Because he has that uh, Mondays and Tuesdays, so I tried to go all classes. But what kind of, what was his personality? I mean, was he nice? Is he mean, strict? I heard I couldn't because I mentioned. I had a few chances to talk to him for a few seconds, you know, not so much. Yeah. And uh, well, it was, uh, I'd say, a great personality, something that I mean. Do you see, I, I, I felt this, that I felt attraction, it was a kind of magnetic, you know, to see his face, to see his movement, 
he to see him around at the time. It was something really interesting. Did someone told me I don't know if this is true that often when he talked fast, he had uh, the volcano holding a volcano or the volcano in the sunsets. Yes, volcano was showing how she moved, moving the volcano, then she will show you without the volcano, but grabbing the volcano at center. Yeah. Well, uh, but is it, was that to illustrate the swords, the sword connection to Aikido movement? Of course. Of course. I think in his case was uh, very, I mean, uh, maybe I, I heard that he practiced Kendo before doing Aikido. So maybe there was a great influence in running there. Of course, he was always, even if he didn't have the Bokken, but cutting, always moving as with. So if he had the Bokken. Or with his hand. Yes. Like when you talked about the Ude, uh, Ude and the Edna Air. Ude That hand is like, a, the arm is like a sword. Yeah. And then when you don't have the Bokken, because Bokken, you grab it, and they, you don't have the woman, you have two Bokkens. I don't know. This is the, what you discover. If the Bokken disappears, you have two. Two arms, two Bokken. Oh, you can use your sword. What? You know, because his, his movement doesn't seem very big. It seems kind of, I mean, it, it seems actually really small. Like very minute. Yeah. yeah. Not not so, I mean, tall, I would say. But when he's it, he was in the tatami, looked different. A little different. Looked bigger and wider, I would say. But uh, sometimes when you were in front of him, uh, and the, even when he had the booking, he disappeared. It's like, uh, I would say, when we are practicing, there's the horizontal and the vertical point of view. And he was very, I, I had the chance of being in a seminar, not at the Hongo Dojo, it was in Kamakura, and he was using the Boken, and if you were in front of him, this, mm, the feeling is that he wasn't behind, hiding behind the book, or hiding behind the yeah, and something that, something you sort of just uh, sense, the sense of the feeling that it was, mm -hmm. Yeah, because you know they say that when you're in the zone in baseball, um, the ball becomes really, really big. So perhaps when he engages you with the sword, somehow he makes the sword seem very big to you. Maybe that. Yeah, and my my feeling, I mean, was I felt is that he was hiding behind the pocket. There was no sense even when you went to attack, and it was like that. Yeah. That's I only did that once. Of course, I didn't have many chances to, yeah. Yeah, you know, because, I mean, you look at the, everyone is, not everyone, a lot of people are trying to copy yeah. his style today. You know, I don't, and for me, when you look at, when I look at Yamaguchi Sensei's style, that's like a one percenter, maybe 0 0.01. And, you know, like, most people will never really get there. But I don't know, because I never took his class when I went to homeboy. I started going to the dojo in the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, so I never took his class. Um, my teacher of said that he took his class and would rave about it and talk about how there was just this electricity wanting to touch him. And yeah, and then you're, you find yourself on the ground, you mind yourself wrong, but that's just a conceptual thing. You know, you think, oh, well then he zapped you with his, uh, 
you know, but something is, I mean, because there are people who, when you see the videos, or you see totally different as you feel, you think, and, or, you know, it's totally different. And you have to be with him in the company, you know, otherwise it's too difficult to understand what he did. Did you ever take a Hisaburo or Sao Sensei's class? Yes, I was every week or so I went to his class. He was, uh, for instance, his main um, uh, role model. Uh, that's his, uh, uh, Hisaburo Sao Sensei is the reason why first he became a Zen priest. I see. Yeah. Oh, and so he was so inspired by him as much that he um, followed that Zen lineage and then that's he really, she was. Uh, so I was going to say it was, I mean, for me, it's tiring in a different way. It was a different way of giving. Yeah, uh, uh, says it seems like the no-touch more. The the techniques are like no, or, or yeah. considered no-touch. And Yamaguchi says he's more of the connection. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. He wanted people to be sincere, to be real. If you, I mean, if you didn't affection. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Realistically, I mean, very sincerely and very good. Well, yes, yes. We'll never call you up. We'll... And he was around, walking around the Tosami, and sometimes he was in front of you. He will never tell you anything. But if he was in front of you, you have to go and attack. Yeah. Otherwise, he will be very interested. That's that's kind of a tense because yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it was because I mean you were with your partner and the partner maybe it's in the tatami and then she was back and was exactly in front of you. So that time, even without inviting you to do that, it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, wow, that's kind of it. But so I mean, there's so many in- interesting instructors at Hobby Dojo during your time. Uh, how many classes a date would you take? Well, usually because I had to work. So I, I usually had one, two, I mean, if I could three times, but uh, maybe, but at least one, because I went seven days a week. Wow. Why? Yeah. So, and I had to, and I was living, well, quite far from the home of my last uh, period. I was living in Kamakurari. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so, and uh, well, but at least one before. What was it like going into Hongo Dojo that first time as a foreigner? Like Yoshida Sensei, uh, uh, Glenn Yoshida Sensei interviewed, you know, he said the very first day Shibata Sensei beat him up. That's What was your uh, first day like? I don't remember. It was, I was a white belt. Oh, because 
most, maybe 99% of the foreigners there were all with Hakama. So I understand they were Yulachet. And only, I remember, only one person was uh, my friend. She died this year, suddenly. Is a man from Finland, Mati Johansson. And then we were the only two people, black, I mean, not black belt. Yeah, it was, we were Mudansha. Uh, and uh, well, we were, so I was. They wouldn't call you till, till you are Mudansha, uh, you have your Hakama. Yeah. Beginner, just yeah, you know, they don't be the beginners. Yeah, they just uh, uh, and then you also took uh, Endo Sensei's class. Yes. What? You, while you were at Hunger Dojo during that time, you you went to a lot of Endo Sensei classes. Yes, I think I didn't lose one of the his Wednesday's classes. And then today you follow Endo Sensei. Yeah. Now, what is the difference between Endo Sensei then and Endo Sensei now? Well, she was younger. And she was more energetic, more, I would say, athletic. You know, this kind of uh, great the dynamism that was really strong in him. And uh, I, I would say that uh, she, I mean, it's impossible for me to judge because, I mean, I, I'm always below him, you know? So he's able to... Uh, he has an evolution. I also have mine, but always here. And I will never be here. Here. So it's difficult to explain how. But my impression is that he was at that time a little hard, harder, not harder, soft, but not so soft as he's now. And he is becoming softer and softer. So, I mean, every year when I touch him, it's always more and more and more soft. Well, also, reason why you decided to follow and well there were different reasons one is that he was the only uh, sensei at the humble dojo who practiced with everybody in the class so he showed the technique in the classes and then he started going around later on many years later i just he told me that uh, uh he heard or read from or sensei that uh, if you practice with 10,000 people the same technique, then you will understand this. Because any single individual is different. How they attack, how they will do. So practice the same thing with 10,000 people. You know what in Japan they say, Ichiman. Yeah, Ichiman. But I'm just trying to do the mental map of how many t how many classes you'd have to take to have done this out. technique 10,000 times. Well, what is that? Because I mean, he used to come to Europe, many different countries. And once he was running, he said, in these past three, four months, I could uh, go to some thousand people. And yeah, yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's, you know, but that's a very interesting concept for people who, like myself, primarily teach. Like, I rarely get a chance to take a class. Mm -hmm. I live one hour away from my dojo. So when I come in, I usually teach a class. Well, to me, to do 10,000 you know, I don't know, I don't know how many times I've done shit about it over because I've been doing that for thirty three years. So you have to like, oh, I'm at the but, but I, you're not. It's not doing shit like ten thousand times, but she will like with ten thousand people. Yeah, can, yeah. That that's the interesting thing. I mean, was he was going from country to country, even in Japan, he's doing sending out in many cities, and you know, and she was, but he was the only one, the only one who almost to it. 
I, I would say 100% of the people in the class she was practicing with. Still helps to know he still goes around and showing, feeling. He said he wants to feel everybody, to be touched by everybody, to be, you know, this is really interesting. It was interesting that you, you were commenting um, at lunch today that he, that uh, Edos is a, is a consummate researcher. Yeah. Yes. That's that's something that I find very interesting because we're, and we're also talking about how teachers tend to get on their phones and then they never really grow from that point. Yeah. There are many, many teachers when they come to a high level, you know, and they really are in a high level. And they maybe they stay there and the whole and there's no evolution, no continuing studying more or researching more, you know. And uh, for me, and he's the researcher. Is a kind of uh, it's like uh, you have a laboratory, and you are testing, testing, testing all the time, all the time, anything, all the time. So it's the when I meet him from, I mean, just some few months or one year, then you discover new things, always new things, new details, new. I would say nuances, subtle things. Sometimes he will show you, sometimes you have to discover what's new things. And even he asks you, did you feel something different? And sometimes I say, no. It's like, well, when you say researcher, are, we are you talking about like a movement research or like he was studying a Shinto book and then something came to his mind or he saw a yoga text and then something came to mind? I think uh, well, he many times he says that uh, he is reading and rereading many times the Osensei's words, and he tries to understand exactly what he meant, what he was his feeling, what was it. This is something. So, of course, he he said to him, he read and and listened to some people. Then he tried to adapt or do do things, I mean, according to this or what, what. Do you know what book he reads or says his teachings from? Well, yeah, then he, that'd be good to know to, to buy and then start doing your own cassette that time on it. But, yeah, but that's a very interesting point because, you know, for especially for people who are just starting out as instructors, you know, they tend to dominate and then sit on top of their thrones. But what you're saying is that someone like Endo says he, who's been doing Aikido for, I don't know, 60, 70 years, because he's tired. He's 80 now, so it's at it, the very least years. Right? And then that person isn't trying to sit on top of their throne. They're trying to climb up to the next one on, on whatever ladder he is. Yeah, no. He's, uh, he is, keep, I mean, keeps always moving, moving, moving. Try to understand things, the same things, but with different point of views or different things. And, and uh, really, you feel that because you see, oh, something changed, something's different. And he, he is the, all the time, he's the same sensei. He doesn't change. But what he does, what he, he's doing, is there are so little changes, little things. Sometimes not little, big things, you know. But uh, 
So for me, it's a great researcher. But that's, I mean, that's really inspirational. Yes. You know, because most, most times people today, they're just trying to add things to Aikido. Oh, let's add Krav Maga. Let's add, uh, add Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But someone like Edward Sensi, who's at the, who we consider to be at the top of Aikido, says to himself, I need to relook at this technique. I need to relook at all Sensi's writings to try to understand this thing. And then maybe he goes, oh, I'm a, I think I'm a little bit wrong. It's this way and tweaks it. And then he goes to his laboratory, tries it out. But most of us are like, nope, it's only this one way. And sometimes when we are talking, maybe you are drinking or you are, and then he's inspired. And he's talking and say, oh, wait. And he would tell me, at that time, yeah, that's yes, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would like to, to he's like, put that burger down. Perhaps so that's why he's the dojo in cycle. There's a place to drink and to eat and so on. But the tatami is closed. Sometimes they say, oh, let's go there. <laughs> yes, really interesting. Yeah. yeah, that, no, that is, I mean, for me, as being an instructor, that's very inspiring. You mean, it's, you, to have that, humility to look, you know, that you go, well, no, my ego doesn't allow me to look, but to have the humility to say, maybe I'm wrong, or maybe there's something else out there without just, you know, wiping the board clean and going off to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You go, maybe there's something deeper in here. Let me go down this rabbit hole. Let me look at this book, you know, and that most people don't want to do that. And he changed uh, 180 degrees. They changed. Well, well she, she got Alexia in Kenya, and she broke his. Oh, yeah, it's called on. Yeah. Or broke, and uh, uh, she went to hospital, and she thought she would lose. I mean, you know, he could, couldn't become a professional, like you just say. And uh, she had a visit of Sensei and Yamaguchi Sensei, and she wrote that in his book. He said that he changed. How how old was he when that happened? I don't know. He was uh, early down at that time. Or the elder, yeah. And then she changed his way of seeing Aikido, doing Aikido, everything. And she many, many times says. And uh, so she followed what, what we call that the soft type, soft way of doing he said it was Yemen's point of view. I was like, when she came back to, to the home of Dodger, she always kept going to his classes. Yemen's classes. Then you were talking about, we were talking about hard versus soft styles. You equated it to a tree. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes, well, the thing is that uh, the, the image I have about Osensei, about his Aikido and his disciples who student is that uh, he's uh, like a trunk, the trunk of a big tree. And then he, all the roots are coming from different schools, Jiu-Jitsu, Kenjutsu, yeah, he, he didn't, he tried with a lot of, I ran in some of them, and he tried in about 30, 60, not different, with all that different schools. In, and, uh, well, he was, looking for something from what she said later, the real Udo. Um, and then she's a student. I used to like, uh, I see them as branches, big branches, right? coming from the, I mean, the, 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 
So she's there she is well, they are late because when someone is teaching and there are a group of people learning from him, uh, not everybody will learn exactly the same. Not anybody will catch or learn the same points, the same things. Maybe you will catch something, you will see something, and maybe you, I mean, it's, you like more or what you, how to say it, it's what you think it is, because you, there's an interpretation, you are uh, trying to understand what she's doing, and everybody will have maybe different ideas, different ways. So, uh, branches are coming in different directions. Sometimes they go in different, completely different directions. It, lo it looks as if they were opposing. Yeah. So sometimes maybe the, well, some the ship went this way and some the ship went this other way. Yeah. But they are, are coming from the same Trump. And uh, they get the, I mean, the nourishment from the roots, from the trunk, and it's going like. So for me, it's this way. But maybe you will like, I mean, the sun is coming, the sun rise, and then you get the sun in the morning, the other will get the sun in the evening, or, you know, and there is some, maybe a different evolution, but if you are alive, if you are uh, getting the nourishment from the trunk, from the roots, how would say it's good, acceptable, but maybe you don't like this way, I like that way, or this way, or that. But all this Aikido and all is uh, perfect. Well, that's a very nice way to put it, that, you know, this, the trunk of the tree is Osanse's foundations. The roots are all the things that he tried and studied. And then the branches, which go all these different directions, yes. different encompass all these different places, people, things. And then they can be on opposing sides, but still come from the same trunk. Yes. That's really nice. The thing is that, uh, I mean... I don't like people who, I don't like, like, not people, but what they say about how my sensei is the best and the Aikido of my sensei is that. And I say, this is what you like. I like this Aikido, this English Aikido. It's not better or worse. It's different. And what's, it's like eating, maybe you like meat or fish. And, which is better, fish or meat? You couldn't say that. And then you have fish. Which kind of fish? And we talked about yeah, rape or octopus, and you know, then you like even inside the meat, fish or seafood. I mean, there is a lot of possibilities. A lot. It's a variety of things, and you choose them. But you're right. That's all. That's all. It's better not. There are big vitamins, proteins, I mean, doesn't matter. <laughs> That's a very nice way to put it. Yeah. Well, this is the question I this is a question I ask everyone. Today, if you did Aikido for since, since 1978, what do you do today to still train yourself? Well, I try to get learn my own way. Because I'm learning I learned from different senseis. Then I chose one, and for me, it's the reference. It's the, my, what do you say, it's this, my inspiration is coming from me. But I have, and I want to have my own life here. 
I have my own personality, my own, you know, character. And, you know, it's so I, I want to, I mean, to learn anything from him and then see how I absorb, how I, it's like food, like food. I eat and we all eat, but we are different, you know, and we are learning, I mean, we are eating the same thing. So what I say that you, little by little, it should be your old Aikido, your Aikido. Not imitating exactly, trying to copy exactly what your sensei. There is a time when you do that. There is a time, maybe, makes many years where you try to do exactly what he's doing. But then little by little, it's like kind of relaxing. You relax and then you feel, you let that uh, learning enter yourself and see what happened and what happened. So this is what I try to do that into how I feel, how I live, how I do, how my Aikido comes out. I don't know. This is maybe the, the goal to, to be myself. Does Enosity encourage? Well, I think so, yes. Because he's always asking us a, and mm, that you should know exactly what you do. And he always says, ask why, 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 why all the times to anything you do, to anything you learn, to anything. Because maybe I understand, but you are trying to do what I do and you don't understand. First, of course, you have to copy him or maybe to imitate him, but then you have to look for the answer. You have to look for your own answer to what that you understand, really understand what you are doing. This is maybe what he is trying to say to us. But yeah, I mean, that's such a, such a nice sentiment from your teacher that will allow you to come to your own understanding. Yeah, yeah, she says. And he, once he made her t-shirt with the word why. So it is in order not to forget that you should keep asking yourself why, 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 why. He said, doshte, 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 all the times. So anybody will, uh, we, uh, people who come to his uh, seminars know the word, doshte, doshte, doshte. <laughs> because he of why. Why this happened? Why? Try to understand, try to feel, try to do it by yourself and see if it works. When it works, why it works. When it doesn't work, why does it work? This is what he always keeps. This is something I I also got from him in Japan. It was a different teacher, a different, I mean, his methodology was, his way of teaching was different. It's not very Japanese. Yeah. In a sense, my wife, when he met him for the first time, he said, it's different. But you have the jitos. Yeah, because just says, and, you know, Japanese is uh, like, yes, and that's good, in a sense. And sometimes in my, when I study both, I mean, our culture, East and West, we say, and uh, maybe the best thing is to combine both ways of learning. But in his case, he says, Try to explain, and he tries you to understand by yourself. Not only because I'm the teacher, and you do what I say. Uh, this is it. So now, president of Spain Aikikai, where do you go from here? What do you want to do? Keep training. I don't like the word training. I like it. 
In fact, in Spanish, we say practice. It's doing Keiko once and every week, every week, several times. I keep till I can 80, when maybe if I get night to be a 90-year-old, maybe, so that I can continue. And inspired by my sensei is to keep also trying to understand, try to even to research myself. I mean, trying to do things that maybe he never taught me. Ah, this is something maybe because he usually shows you a way of entering, a way of doing. And then he says, do you see the different possibilities? Each step you do, and you have to see all the possibilities you have. It's like opening a fan. Don't see just one point. The point I'm maybe showing you, but then you go a step ahead and then see. And you another step, all the possibilities. So he's always insisted in that you see what could you do for him. Yeah, I mean that's very inspiring. Like I had a lunch with a Zen priest, and he said that the teacher only develops you fifty percent, and then you take that fifty percent, and then you develop yourself the other fifty percent of that. You know, yeah. and that really is how it sounds like you, you're experienced with endosense that he, he inspires you to try to move forward. Yeah. Well, he, he has a, what we call a style, a way of doing. Sometimes you think, oh, I mean, all the people follow endosense, we say this end of way. We even use this way, is the end of way. And so he shows that way. Or maybe he would say, I don't know if it's a goal or a place to go to. I mean, I don't know. But anyhow, this is the way. But in a sense, maybe it's like uh, we have a, a very famous uh, author, uh, Antonio Machado, who said that there's no way, he said. You are you make the way as you are walking. <laughs> this is really interesting. And sometimes I... When I mean, when I say that the endosense is a researcher, I think he's making, I mean, making, yeah, covered it, the way. Yeah. Because he's walking, and as you are walking, you, you develop, you tighten you your way. Yeah, I mean, so I think this is a good place to stop. Um, but, but talking to you was really inspiring, you know, especially as a teacher, you, you and it's so easy to become insular. It's so easy to sit on your throne, and then nothing ever changes. And then we think that changes back in, in traditional Japanese martial arts. But really, what you and Endosessor are saying is that change is good. And not only is it good, but it's necessary. I mean, it's seeing things different. Because we say in the point of view, if you are always looking in this direction, you will see only these things. But Sometimes you say, please look there and say, oh, different world. Say, oh, and there's another one here. There are 360 degrees around possibilities. And you, you can move yours to there. And if you find, oh, I like this, then you have to start working in that direction. No, not stay here. I mean, not to be there. Even when you discover a new direction, you have to walk it. If you don't walk that direction, you don't have the exterior spirit. You, you have to do it. I mean, for me, uh, 
Japanese culture is doing things. Not only understanding, it's doing. Experience, experience. Experience. This is, for me, the most important part. And uh, I told you today, so it's learning, not only with your, I mean, mind, but with your body. Your body must remember. Your body must uh, do things. And, uh, and the sensei said, always, you have to learn ishiki in order to become more ishiki. With conscience, with conscience only, and then to become. So you practice and repeat and repeat and do say so that it's, it's automatic with the second result. And then it comes to the unconscious, you know. This is what he says, the process of learning. Yes. And then another thing he always says is that you have to learn slowly, not go faster, slowly, so that your brain can learn exactly all the things you are doing. And so, so say ishiki, ishiki, and then slow, soft and slow. This is, and then, I mean, sometimes you do, do it really fast. Because when it comes to the time, but in the process of learning, in the process of learning, should be this. So try to do things so that your brain will catch everything. And repeat, repeat, and repeat, so that, I mean, it goes to a different part. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. um, I would hope to interview you again sometime. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you all for listening and watching to this podcast. Thank you.